Hey people, this is Mutsa Samuel and welcome to Your Authentic Self or YAS podcast. Now this podcast focuses on connecting you with your authentic self, that deeper part of you that most of us ignore. I will be interviewing a diverse range of Zimbabweans and global citizens who are making their mark in their own unique way and are unapologetic about who they are. I encourage you to learn from their journeys and take in it what you need to assist you in your personal path of authenticity. Hello Zimbabwe, hello Africa, hello world. Yes, we are global. That's the beauty of uh, social media and uh, putting your ideas out there is that they can reach just a multitude of people. And uh, it's good to know that YAS does. I've had people from France contact me. I've had people from the United States, South Africa, Australia. So it's good to hear that um, this is getting out there and uh, having an impact on people's lives. And uh, please just keep giving the feedback back. And um, we will continue doing this, probably not as often um, as I had initially done, which was uh, once a week, because my schedule has just gotten a bit crazy and I do have to prioritize. So it's, it's a lot about me um, walking the talk. You know, I talk about uh, scheduling and prioritizing in my, in my YAS blogs and in my YAS vision. And um, yeah, so this is part of it. So making sure you prioritize, but still getting your stuff out there. And this podcast is very much uh, a part of the YAS series because it provides a different perspective. So it's not just about me giving out information about how to live an authentic life, but also sharing the experiences from other people. And uh, my guest on this episode uh, does just that. He, he blew me away with um, his insight on, on, on how he lives his life, uh, the things that he's involved in, his family background. So I had the opportunity and privilege of, inter- of uh, interviewing Joseph Bunga. A lot of you will probably know him as the visionary behind uh, the very highly successful Battle of the Chefs, which he has just, which has just exploded and really captured the hearts and minds of, 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 of creative young chefs that are in Zimbabwe. And so in this podcast, we talk about food, we talk about clothes, we talk about women, we talk about religion, we talk about India, we talk about being the son of a teacher. And uh, I actually come to find out that there's a lot that Joseph and I have in common. And um, also, there's a lot that I can learn from him. One of the things that I think really stood out for me and why I interviewed him is because he is a doer. And there's not a lot of doers in the world. We have a lot of talkers, but not a lot of doers. And Joseph is a doer. He says something, he does it, plain and simple. And that... That is key in authenticity. It reminds me of uh, a blog or uh, and a seminar that I actually hold called Living Your Life in 3D. Uh, so the first D being dream. So you have a vision, you have a goal, and you kind of you know, take the time to actually articulate what that vision is. The second D is develop. So that's actually honing the skills that you need to make that vision possible which is where a lot of people don't even you know, go to. So a lot of people stay on the first D, which is, oh, okay, I have a dream, and then that's it. But they don't go to the second D, which is develop. And then the third D, you know, all Ds are important. Ladies, make sure you take your vitamin D. I might cut that out. Okay, your third D. Let's not get distracted. Your third D, <laughs> your third D 
Your third D is to dare, okay? And to dare means actually to just step out and do it, okay? So imagine a track runner, okay? So somebody's training for the Olympics and they have a vision of getting that gold medal, right? So they have four years to develop, which is the second D, going to the training. That's the blood, sweat, and tears. And then the final D is to actually go out onto the track that day, stand on the line, and run. And regardless of what happens, regardless of what all the training that's been happening over the last four years, you go out and run. And that is the most important step. And that is the art and the essence of praxis, converting ideas into action. And that is what Joseph does. So I admire this man immensely. He, I feel, will play a very vital role in my life in the coming future. We are planning to work together. In fact, we have worked together before in 2015. Um, at the Zimbabwe Broadband Forum, which I facilitated and asked me to host. And um, that's kind of how I met him at first. And through that, I met a multitude of speakers that he invited over from all over the continent to host this uh, interactive session. And um, ever since then, I've been just keeping tabs on him and seeing the work that he's been doing, not only in creating the TV programs that he's had, but also with the philanthropic work that he does. So he has a cleanup program where he goes and um, cleans up the what you people in America would call the inner cities uh, in Harare called um, I think it's called uh, uh, clean up Mbare um, so we're actually I'm actually thinking of, of incorporating that in one of the other entrepreneurial programs that I'm involved in as well he is also going to help me in filming uh, the level up program mentorship program that I have coming to an end uh, at the end of this month. So there, there's a lot of synergies that we can do in working together. And I love working to people with, working together with people who are keen on uh, collaboration. And uh, one of the most important things is that, that I also learned from him is not to place too much importance on money, but to create value by just creating a product and, and putting your stuff out there. So yeah. I'm really excited about uh, working further with Joseph and seeing, the, seeing what comes out of him and love the way that he's unafraid of, you know, being accountable to the general population. So he's saying by, by 2020, he wants his institution to have, to be worth about $5 million. And he's put it out there and I believe he will achieve it. So, so, so Joseph is certainly a, a, I would say, one of the most influential people um, within Zimbabwe right now, doing amazing things. And uh, do not underestimate this gentleman, ladies and gentlemen. Please do not. He is moving. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel like uh, I'm, a, I'm, 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 on a, um, I'm one of those writers, you know, who, 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 who kind of catch the backdrift of somebody. So when I see somebody who is progressive and moving forward, I will ride that backdrift on them and I will take whatever they can, whether it's mentorship, whether it's collaboration, whether it's just talking with him. Um, I gained so much from that. So um, yeah, very authentic gentleman, very unapologetic of the life that he lives and that's why he's on the show. And um, yeah, so look out for all the work that he's doing. Check out all the links that I will post on the uh, information on this episode. So you can see him on LinkedIn, as well as the Battle of the Chefs on Facebook. And yeah, uh, a true visionary. And I look forward to the work that he's going to be doing today. A family man as well. 
really respect that he he keeps you know his family as a top priority his children are gaining a lot of knowledge from the things that he does because he includes them as well so that's another thing that i i really admired about him so yeah check it out joseph bunga the main man hope you enjoy this episode and as always leave your feedback comments and remember let's take this global your authentic self and don't forget be authentic So, you know, putting ideas into practice, for me, I think it's um, the simplest form to get that done is Somebody start now. Mm. You know, I, they, I've encountered so many people who are amazingly eloquent at describing incredible ideas. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I really want to be a part of this. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then when we say, right, let's get started. Everyone is like, all right, let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. how do you do that? You know, yeah, yeah. you've just sold me this beautiful vision. Mm-hmm. I want to get off the ground now, and yes. you have an excuse immediately. Yes. You know, so I, I put it down to even um, something as simple as we are amazing at writing CVs. Mm. Read a Zimbabwean CV. Yes. In fact, someone from, I think it was from AU, said to me the other day, you know, when we, when we want people to send us great CVs, yeah. we, we put applications out to Zimbabweans. <laughs> we get the best CVs from Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. We'll take those guys. Yeah. We'll get someone else from Africa to do the implementation. Wow. But we'll get the Zimbabwean to, do, to write the proposal. Wow. And I was like, whoa, you know, this is such a thing that we don't want to be known for. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, you know... Um, in the, in the past year, I remember uh, one example. We, 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 we agreed to do a, a project called Area 46 for two years. Right. And literally called a meeting, myself, Limbikani from, from TechZim, Clinton yeah. from Esaja, Arthur Shoko from Zumba Kitchen, and said, right, guys, let's sit around. Let's mm. get this concept going. Right. And, you know, we ran it for two years from my home. Right was amazing collaboration. Yeah. You know, just having these bright minds nearby. Mm. And you know, one of the things, um, I'll always give credit, I don't think Battle of the Chefs would have ever got off the ground if it wasn't for Area 46. Really? Yeah. And you know, I know that sounds like, wow, how is that possible? But, you know, something as simple as, we had no cameras, man. Mm. You know? I'll never forget going to Lumikani and saying, can I borrow your camera? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And of course... Without hesitation, hmm. the answer right. was was yes. Yeah, sure. Just make sure it's not clashing with us doing any event. Ah. And the second camera I borrowed from a friend of mine, Jedi in Debele. She, you know, she had a lovely Rebel um, Canon Canon camera, and I said, you know, can we borrow a camera? And she said, wow. yes. You know. So, I think the crazy part of getting things done boils down to don't look for the reasons why you can't do it. Mm. You know. So that's good. I remember asking a professional hiring company for a quotation right. for all the equipment that we needed. Never got the quote. <laughs> and the reason I never got the yeah. quote, I only found out some a year later, was they didn't believe that we were going to do this. So they mm. felt, well, why send this, this, right. this guy the quote? Mm. You know? So, I mean, that's a, that's a simple thing, which I'm so glad I found out a year after shooting the, the pilot. Yeah. You know? And the pilot's um, season, you know, I look back, I was so proud of it when we first launched it, you know. Mm. 
I look back and see what we've done in season three. Right. And the quality jump is wow. so huge. Yes, yes. It's so huge. Yeah. And the lessons I've learned, I could not have learned yes. those lessons if I did not get yes. started. Absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily matter about the quality or anything. It's literally just, let's get going. And then we kind of build the plane as it flies type thing. Yes. And it's not about saying it doesn't matter about the quality. Mm. I think what it means is you don't know what good quality is mm. yet. There's no point at this stage for someone like me right. to then say, let me go to a university and learn what, what good quality is. Yes. And then get off the ground. Ah. Yeah. So if I had people to get on board and if I could afford them, I'd, I'd always go that route. I get the smartest people that I can, I can afford to have right. on the team. On right. the team, but you know, when we're talking about something like season one, my favorite topic is, and only those that are in the film industry or graphic design will understand this particular topic, which is color temperature. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the guys saying to me, "Yeah, you know, the color temperature is off." You know, mm. and I was like, "Color has temperature." <laughs> but of course, you know, I didn't say anything. I was like. Thinking to myself, is this guy having yeah. me on? Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and then they, you know, people oh, start wow. talking about, you know, this is all the, the guys who, who, who on camera, you know, talking yeah. to me saying, oh, you know, the CMOS sensor on this. Yeah. I'm listening to all this jargon and I'm thinking, <laughs> what, what is the that? hell what are these guys that? on yeah. about? You know? Yeah. I mean, but you, you, this is something that I do, that you do so well. I mean, listen, we, we worked together a few years ago um, mm -hmm. with, uh, was it the, the Zim... Uh, broadband forum yes, 2015 yes, yes. Um, which which you called me to MC right. um, so I've known you in that regard where you hosted all of the all of the tech players that were coming in from Africa all the speakers yes right and then I see you in uh, being the visionary behind a restaurant week yes. and then Battle of the chefs so how is it that you managed to kind of play in so many different spaces and kind of hold it together? You know, because yeah. I think that's an important part of praxis is, okay, I have an idea. It, may, it might be in a different field, but I can take my experience from what I've had before and apply it then. Mm. So I think there's two elements to that. The first one is the underlying philosophy for me is always it has something to do with food, mm. beverage, okay. and fellowship. Ah. Uh -huh. Right. So for me, as long as it revolves around those elements, mm. I love it. And I draw it back to my early childhood, you know. My parents came out to Zim as, as teachers for a mission school. Oh. Deep in the bush. Yeah. 1983, no, not many wow. people wanted to be teaching in the bush. There was still, this is Maravilla land. Sure, sure. There were still issues there. And, you know, I learned that when you're out there in the bush, 130 kilometers from the nearest big city, Bulawayo, you can't phone the plumber when there's a problem mm. with the tap. There is no plumber. Right. So what do you do? You try and figure out how yourself. to fix the yeah. plumbing. Yeah. I think I was informed too when I took off the starter motor on my dad's car. With Don't forget, there was no Google, so I couldn't Google how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And try to fix it. Put it in upside down. It still worked, but there was a problem with right. it. Right. Which was only rectified by the mechanic when you finally got into town maybe like two weeks ago. But it inspired in me the confidence that you can solve problems. Right. That's good. That's good. And I think I'll draw it back to that, you know. That's it's, good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they, 
I, I guess another thing, element of, of praxis is identifying the problems that need to be solved. Yes. Correct? So what problem were you trying to solve with something like Restaurant Week? Why don't we start there? And then yeah. we can move on to Battle of the Chefs. Right. So Restaurant Week, what's the problem we're trying to solve? <laughs> you know, before Restaurant Week, there was Eat Out. Yes. And Eat Out was trying to solve the problem of people getting to make bookings at restaurants. We're going back to a time where cell phone lines were not as prevalent. Mm. People could not make bookings because Taiwan lines were down most of the time. And we, what we, we try to solve that problem, including sometimes even driving to restaurants to make a booking for somebody else. Right. Craziest thing I've ever done was eat out. We lost money on that. But it also helped me understand what are the problems that are in, in mm. restaurants. Okay. Then restaurant week. Because of all the relationships that we had from Eat Out, Restaurant Week was easy to get off the ground. Well, mm. let me say easier. Right. And the problem we were trying to solve there was getting to eat out at a low price. Right, okay. Or a fixed price and knowing exactly what it's going to cost you. And it's from personal mm. experience. So first of all, because we started Eat Out, mm. everyone's assumption was that we eat out all the time. Uh-huh. Not only was okay. Eat Out not making money, we had a policy that we would not accept freebies from restaurants because we were trying to be impartial. Uh, okay. I, I, I always regret writing that into my founding <laughs> thing to say, you know, why yeah. did I not accept yeah. the free meal? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> but I'll tell you another reason we didn't accept the free meals was nobody really offered them to yeah. us, you know, <laughs> which is really sad. Right. It sucked. Yeah, yeah. You know, but everyone, you know, I even remember, and I, it's not long ago that we, I moved away from this, but people would say, ah, mm. you Mr. eat out. Mm. I'm like, dude, seriously, yeah, I really yeah. wish you knew that I don't eat out. So actually yeah. it came out from, we couldn't afford to eat out yes, as often as yes, we'd like to. Yes, yes, yes. So then we, you know, when we started Eat Out, the response has been absolutely phenomenal. Right. Because, you know, we've been in a declining economy for several absolutely, years. And it's yeah. becoming more and more difficult for any one of us to get out mm -hmm, there and have mm -hmm, a meal. You mm -hmm. know? And again, going back to what I said about fellowship, I love that thing of having mm. a meeting around food. You know? Yes. Again, going back to my uh, time in the bush, you know, I re always remember Easter, my mom would organize a meal for all the workers on the mission. Mm. And it was a requirement that myself and my sister were serving all the people that came for, for this meal. And I loved that opportunity wow. to interact with the people. You yes. know? People that are, that the guys that would milk the cows, the mm. guys that would be in the garden. And I learned that around that space, you can say thank you mm. very nicely. And very honestly, right, you know, right, around food. Right. Yeah. So anything that you do around food, I find it's it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, yeah. you you look at weddings, all celebrations, yes. all human celebrations yes, yes. are celebrated food. around food and yeah. wine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, not everyone with wine, you know. <laughs> but food definitely. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, restaurant week was really about that, getting okay. people to get to out. To get out, yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And Keeping the prices fixed. Right. And that's worked. It's there you worked. Go. So average participation for restaurant week is between ten thousand and twelve thousand. Oh my goodness. It's huge. Wow. It's really big. That's great. I, I mean, listen, I've, I've participated in many times and it's always with a group of friends. It's, it's exactly. eight or nine of us saying, okay, let's, let's go try it. something. And, yeah. and that, it is, you're right. It, there is an element of fellowship and socializing and trying out new things and, yes. and you know, different flavors. So, I mean, I guess. And trying out new things with limited risk. Mm. You know, right, right. I love going to say a restaurant like Emmanuel. Mm. I look at the menu price and I think, okay, I, because I know the chef, I know I'll always get a good meal. 
But if I'm going to try out a new place, I'm always worried, you know. Mm. And again, this is part of the research we had done, hey, because right. of Eat Out, we've we nailed it down that um, the average Zim, uh, Zim, Zim person, mainly focused in Harare, has a list of five restaurants that they go to. Mm. And they will only rotate amongst those five restaurants. Yeah. They will not try something new. Yeah, yeah. Because they're afraid. Right. And it's because they've been kicked in the teeth way too often. <laughs> you go somewhere, you pay for this meal. Yeah, and, and it you say, sucks. I sucked. <laughs> yeah, and then I have yeah. to pay for it. Yeah. You know? And then you say to yourself, and, and I think it, it's even worse with people who can cook. Because mm. they say, I went out, I had a meal I didn't enjoy. I could have made it for yes. a lot less. Yes. Why did I do that? Now, Restaurant Week takes all those things away Uh because I think the price is fixed. You know exactly what's on the menu. Yeah, okay. You can check out the menu way in advance. Right, right, right. And you know what your bill is going to be. You budget for it. Uh, You budget for it. I I hear that. Great. You you, you satisfied a very particular need. Absolutely. You know, for for, for people, yeah. Yeah. Hey, but I don't want this to sound like a pitch for Restaurant Week. (laughs) This is certainly not what I... I know it's coming it's up. Coming soon. Up. You know, it when, it's coming up. When are the dates, Joseph? <laughs> <laughs> starts on the 28th to the 8th of uh, July. There you go. And it's twice a year. Free plug twice in there. Yeah, absolutely. I hope to get sponsored by Restaurant Week soon. You know? hey, <laughs> check in with me for some vouchers. You know? <laughs> right. So, am I correct in saying there was a restaurant at Bordeaux Village Steakout? Were you part of that? Oh, so, no, not at all. No, you, not you, at all. you weren't? No. So, I've never had any investment into a restaurant. Into a restaurant. But there was a chef, I think he was maybe involved in Battle of the Chefs. Maybe maybe yes, that was it. Yes. Okay. So there was Lincoln, Lincoln Miambo. Yeah. Who had just started was it steakhouse? A steakhouse. It was a steakhouse. It, yeah, at, at it was the village. a steakhouse. I, and it I closed down. The name. Yes, but it, it closed uh, down. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But it didn't have the patronage, hey? There no. were not that many people. It did there. not. Great chef. Lincoln great is atmosphere. Brilliant. I mean, great location. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, they shut down, and he's he's judged on season three as well. Uh, okay, he's okay. a fantastic he's great. guy. He's great. He's great, and he's a Zimbabwean who's traveled around the world. Mm. He's worked in Ghana for quite some time in Botswana, and you know, it's great to see someone take the chefing industry and step into consultancy. Yeah. So yeah. he actually helps set restaurants up. Right. Oh wow. You know? okay. Yeah, that's that's what he does for uh-huh. a living. Now, this is a, the other thing I think I've I've been fortunate with is. I've worked with amazing people, mm. you know? Mm. And again, going back to what is Battle of the Chefs about, it's about trying to find a way to promote African cuisine, not right. just Zimbabwean cuisine, right. African okay. cuisine in uh-huh. general, okay. whole continent of Africa, and especially to promote the chefs. Uh-huh. You know, the distinction in the average Zimbabwean or the, I'd venture to say average African, between a cook and a chef doesn't mm. exist. Mm. You know? So you kind of think the guy that cooks for you at home, if he's right, a cook, right. is the same as a chef in a, yeah, a five-star yeah, yeah. restaurant or a hotel. Right. They mm, couldn't be far yeah, further away yeah, from the truth. Yeah, yeah. you know? And it's an underestimated area. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, so I really want to see chefs. I want to be the guy to uncover the Jamie Oliver of yeah. Africa. Mm. I want to find the Jamie Oliver That's of good. Africa. That's good. You know, and I'll give you a couple of guys. You know, uh, Pierre Tiem was from um, Ghana. Right. Uh, Joseph Siletso from, um, he's in Poland at the moment. He's a uh, guy from Botswana. Okay. Doing amazing things around oh. the world, hey? Wow. Incredible things, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yet not much space for them back home. Ah, I see. You know? I see. And I'd like to see, like, if you look at the Food Channel, there's so much stuff about American uh, chefs. Yeah, of course. I'd love to see something like that being developed out right, of out of right, Africa. Right. Yeah. South Africa, you think, has started the, the celebrity chef type 
you know, movement that's happened. Definitely. I mean, yeah, no, look, know. South Africa has, uh, has got momentum going yeah. on that. But then, you know, you look, you, I've been to South Africa several times and yeah. I love going out in South Africa. Yeah, because you know, there's variety. Hey, Amen. There's option. There's yeah, option. It's, it's, yeah. And the food is good. It's eh? good. It's look, good, let's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Santon Square, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you go can, to any place yeah. there. You know, and I'd, what I'd like doing in Santon area is, a restaurant hopping. So mm. not one course at one restaurant, go for another course ah, at nice. a different restaurant. Something like that. <laughs> I found that really... Yeah. It was a time when I used to spend time alone in, in Joburg. And, and just go and, and oh, do it. Oh, just loved it. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, doesn't that also have a lot to do with the palate of a country? I mean, um, we all know the Zimbabwe situation here. And I think we haven't only been closed off economically, but also yes. culturally as well. Yes. So... You know, I, I have a, a, a business partner from Singapore. When he comes here mm-hmm. and he's just like, yo, man, it, the food here is, is limited and it's bland compared it's to, if you go to Asia, it's flavors galore. So what would you say about that in terms of the Zimbabwean palate specifically? If the population was to say, here is a different type of food, mm-hmm. one, are you willing to try it? I think Zimbabweans are very averse to trying new things. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can trace it to economics as well, hey? Yeah. You know? um, uh, and again, um, let me draw back on my Santon experience. You know, I used to remember, I'd go to Santon, sit and have a coffee, mm. right? And this was in the 96, 90, no, not 96, 2006, 2007 period. Right. We were going through the Zim dollar crisis. Mm. And you know, one of the things I enjoyed was I loved seeing South African women mm. walking around, yeah. dressed up, right. hair done I, I up, enjoy, so I enjoy beautiful. that too, yes. You know, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's it about is. just, you know, yeah. for me it was just yeah. pe- people watching, yeah. you know, yeah. but seeing beauty and saying, yes. wow, it's so good. You come back home, mm. hey, some women used yeah. to look rubbish, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> it was a shock, yeah. you know. Well, because there's the pride in it, right? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. you notice now, mm. suddenly, Zimbabwean women are yeah. dressing yeah. up, eh? yeah. Even though the things are, you know, after the dollarization, mm. Zimbabwean women have started yeah. dressing up yeah. and taking more. Yeah. I think it's, it's being able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's not because that they didn't want to, right. but it was not available. Mm. You remember, you could only find brooms in yeah. supermarkets. You couldn't find hair. You couldn't find <laughs> stuff like that. So, you know, they had the perfect yeah. reason. Yeah. It's not yeah. like Zimbabwean. I think Zimbabwean women are gorgeous. Are absolutely gorgeous, yeah. But when you don't have all it's, that stuff, and, then, you know, I'm, natural beauty is natural yeah, beauty. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. But, you know, enhanced beauty is also just I, highlighting I the areas. And yeah. I think we miss that. And I think you can draw the mm. same thing in mm. food. Mm. I've had some visitors, you know, who are staying with us at the moment, one from China and two from Vietnam. Right. So when you talk about Asian food, they mm. cooked for us the other evening. Oh. It was amazing. Oh. Authentic food. It was yes. brilliant flavors. Yes. Yeah. Now, you go to, a, let's look at it, average coffee shop in Zim, mm. chicken mayonnaise sandwich. There you go. Put a, put a chicken and chips. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's just no excitement. Yeah. And having been, you know, again, going back to the Etat experience, <clears throat> the restaurant owners always complain, they try something new, nobody tries it out. Mm. So the people like the same old, same old. Right, right, right. But I think that is slowly but surely changing. You've got a younger generation, yes. I think, that are, that are traveling more. Exposed. Again, exposed yeah. more, even television. Mm-hmm. I think being able to see stuff on... On TV, the foodies that I meet these mm. days, you know, I love chatting to them, you know, listening to them and seeing that, wow, there's depth here, right. you know, Absolutely. this is not just someone trying to get a free meal, which yes. is another thing that sucks, you know, I think, <laughs> like, uh, kicking it with Mimi, I think yeah. she's 
doing a fantastic job getting stuff right, out there, right, you know, absolutely. blogging about yeah, it, you yeah. know. I love seeing p- yeah. people like Giancarlo yeah. Chef t- sharing stuff on mm. on Instagram. I yeah. love seeing that. Yeah. You know, I love seeing people really being having a voice. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. and sharing the experience, and that's mm. what we need. We need more Zimbabweans to, to do keep that. talking expose about it. Things. Yeah, to expose yeah. and share experiences. Uh, do, you know? do you think that that that's another role that Battle of the Chef plays? Because now here you have a platform which says, hey, chefs, show me what you got. And then people watching say, oh, I never thought about that. Absolutely. All of a sudden, I'm being hit with these new ideas. 100%. You yeah. know, it is a, a serious goal for us is mm. that um, we want people to try new things. Not only do we want Zimbabweans to try new things, we want foreigners that come to Zimbabwe mm. have something to try that's local. Right. So say, for example, Matlimbi Madura. Mm. Very simple. Mm. You put that as it is on a plate. And I'm telling you, mm. there's no one who's mm. from overseas that's going to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you watch episode eight, there's, <laughs> we've actually did a thing called a mushroom quiche. Ooh. You know, this is Chef Innocent who came up with this recipe, you know, and yeah. it's something that you're familiar with the quiche. Yes. It's classic French. Yes. People know about it. Now you infuse that with a mush, uh, mushroom, uh, matlimbi flavor, and it's a bit more palatable uh-huh, for someone, right? Uh-huh. You talk about, I often use this example, Roadrunner. I love Roadrunner texture. Right. The Roadrunner chicken, yes, the texture yes, in yes, that. Yes, yes, Once you've eaten that, you know, yeah. when you have a standard broiler chicken, right. which is what we all used to, yes. you suddenly feel, mm, this is Something very else. soft. Yeah, hey, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. The texture is not there. Yeah. Roadrunner's almost got that gamey texture, yes. you know, so you enjoy, you chew, yes, you enjoy. Yes. Don't try cracking those bones. You know, that's <laughs> just not going to work. But when you present right. that in a, in a gourmet style, mm. you know, so, you know, you go overseas, people are talking about yes. you know, organic mushrooms. Right, right. Is it taking the same old yeah, stuff? Yeah. Regular, yeah. and it's all home stuff, yes, you know, yeah. stuff that you can grow in your yard or that. Um, in, in from a local farm, yeah, and they're just making it yeah. just look a yeah. lot nicer. And I yeah. think we we've got a weakness in that, right? You look at a, a standard plate of sadza and yama, yeah, and it's dude, seriously, it's just plonk. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, it, yeah, I, you, you you mentioned something very interesting. Um, and I, I was watching the news today, and mm. some uh, very famous French chef died either yesterday or today. I can't remember his name. And in his uh, review, they were talking about how he challenged traditional French cuisine and mm. took it to the next stage. Mm. And I think that's just something that we haven't done yet, or I guess it's being done now with the current chefs, where it's yes. saying, this is, what we, we, this is what we are known for. This is our culture. And I don't think that's even just in food. I think in general, in our thinking, mm. in the way we behave, in, the, in our cultural acts, we still haven't challenged you know, you know, what is, quote-unquote, the norm. Maybe it's based on fear. Maybe it's just based on going into the unknown. But it's, it's this thing that I've noticed with Zimbabweans. It's kind of pushing that boundary of excellence in everything that we do to the next level. Absolutely. And, and that's, what, that's what culture is. It's alive. It's not something that's dead or stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. You have to continuously evolve it, whether it's food, whether it's you know, the way we do things, whether it's the way we run a government or a company. You know? and, and in Zimbabwe, we've just kind of stayed in that place. Yeah. You know? And... and, and, and and I guess it, it takes pioneers like yourselves to, to say, okay, well, this is what the next level looks like, mm, mm. you know. And, and it's at the expense of maybe being ridiculed. Absolutely. Ridiculed, yeah. or losing money. Yeah, you yeah. Know, um, again, I think it helps a lot to have a, a spouse that, that supports you, mm. a family that supports right, you. Right, right. 
I think that that's certainly something I've benefited from. But, you know, I want to pick up on that one point where you, you're talking about people have stayed. And, you know, we're not going to talk about the one. Mm. But we're going to talk about <laughs> in leadership in general in right, Zim, right. has become stagnant, mm. you know. And I'm talking corporate here, you know. And I'm talking food and beverage, you know. Mm. Leading chefs in the country are still really old. Right, right, right. And I've worked for some of them. Mm. And I'm not going to mention any names, you know. But they're still doing the same thing yeah. that they were doing when I was a student mm. in 96. Right. I was on attachment in 96. Yeah. Mm. I'm seeing them still produce the exact <laughs> the same, same food fair, you know. Yeah. And it's not okay. Yeah. It's just not okay. You look at, um, there was a chef, uh, Chef Taff, who's, I think he's in, in Europe working for an, for an ambassador at the moment, a Zimbabwean chef mm-hmm. at the Zim Embassy. <coughs> oh, nice. Sorry, excuse me. Now, you see the food this guy makes. Mm. He trained under Chef, um, chef Steve Hyde from Emmanuel's. Okay. He's doing incredible stuff. You look at mm. Shane, who's, um, who was at Parmashana. Mm. Great food on his, on his menu. Wow. You, know? you look at restaurant owners. There hasn't been new restaurants coming mm. on scene with young energy. Right, you know? right, right. We're not talking about fast food. I'm no, talking no. about restaurants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. So it's not a space that people have had to, a chance to explore. You know, and unfortunately, the hotels in general, mm-hmm. and I'm generalizing here, mm-hmm. are still having the same menus from 1980. Yeah, stuck in it, yeah. You know, mm. so what has changed is mm. um, to improve it. It's now served with a micro green salad, dude. <laughs> so what? You were serving a chicken sandwich. Now you're serving it with a micro green <laughs> salad. salad. So you know you, they they watch right, Food Network. Right. They see that the salads are now growing yes, upwards. Yes. So they serve it with, oh, with wow. that. Wow. And that's it. That's your. That's your upgrade. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this is a facelift. You know, we're gonna oh, facelift this gosh. food. And I promise you, you take menus in 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 general, mm. and you will see. Compare them to what we were serving in 1980. Mm. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed enough. Yeah. yeah. You know now, and then of course some are abused. So there's this whole trend of splashing food. You know. Uh, Great. Yeah. You can splash it yeah. to make it look good. But if it tastes crap, right, it's still right, crap. Right. It's just crap that's been splashed. You get what right, I mean? Right, right. And I think that distinction, that passion, mm. and young chefs don't... And again, it, I mm. put it back to economics. Right, right. You know, um, I had a conversation with one of our finalists, and he was saying, you know, Joe, we don't get to experiment. Mm. We, we're given a list of ingredients, and it's all about cost. Yeah. Mm. You yeah. know, when it's only about cost... You cannot get arts to grow to where mm, it is, you right. know, the way it can be. Right. The sponsorship of arts, yeah. in general, in them has been it's non-existent. Not, yeah. You know, it's corporate don't understand. They don't get it. You know, the and it's not a whinge session about corporate because I mean we we got to where we are because, because we got corporate the, yeah, sure, investment. Sure. But here's the embarrassing thing. Hmm. I had been pitching every marketing manager in them that would give me five minutes or 10 minutes of their time. Okay. It's always longer than that, but I just claim it's five or 10 minutes. None of them could understand what we were doing with Battle of the Chefs. Really? Not one. Wow. Right. When, when, when we pitched pick and pay, we pitched a South African. Mm. You know what shocked me? It Mm. took him five minutes to say, we're in coming on Monday. We'll sign and we go. It took him five minutes. Wow. You know what? And in those five yeah. minutes, I had just realized I'd been speaking in the wrong country. Mm. Mm. 
which is really sad. Yeah. It's ridiculously sad yeah, yeah. that we can say the people that are in power in marketing right mm. now, their focus is not about innovation. No, not at all. It's not about growth. No. It's about sales, which, I, which is the right thing. Yeah. It's focus on sales. But I think more importantly, it's about their job mm. security. Right. It's not mm. about trying to do something new. It's right. how do I keep this, my job. The status quo. Yeah. Yeah. How do I? So, you know how you keep your job? Hmm. You're a marketing guy. You make sure the billboard that you implement hmm. is on the way to the CEO's house <laughs> so that ah. he sees it. He sees that you're doing your job. There you go. That, that's it. No, why do you think there's so uh, many bu- uh, billboards on, on Bard? Road. <laughs> because all the CEOs <laughs> live on Bard. <laughs> Have you seen that one on Second Street by uh, Bill Gravia with that red pot? Oh, jeez. I, mean, oh, no. I mean, come on. No. Like, who approved that? I, listen, I, I, uh, hey, I, I, I was asked to do, um, I was approached by the Ngoma Awards mm. uh, two years ago to do a, a session, a creativity, creative workshop mm. with all of the advertising firms. Mm. Um, and I have links with uh, people who work in the South African industry. I was going to bring them in. Mm. And I had set everything up, and Ngoma sent out this thing to say, okay, guys, if you want to participate in the marketing awards, you have to attend this workshop. Mm. Mm. About 60 to 70% of the advertising agencies said, no, we don't want to attend this workshop. Mm. Because they know it all. Yeah, exactly. They don't need They don't and, need and any I was, improvement. It was just like, oh, my goodness. Exactly. The audacity, first exactly. of all, for them to, to, to say that, no, no, we... We don't need this workshop. We know it all. And here was an opportunity, free of charge, oh, to man. get insights from South Africa to come in and say, okay, let's, let's, let's again shift this boundary of excellence just a tad bit to say, you know, what can you learn? And it that's was refused. Sad, eh? And it was very, very sad. But that's kind of the state of things are. You, you, listen, you go into the education sector, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't mm-hmm. take, I wouldn't take my kid to the high school I went to. Mm. I mean, because they have not changed enough. They haven't evolved enough for me. Mm, mm. So I personally believe it's a mindset thing. Hence, the reason for this podcast to highlight people who are shifting the boundary like yourself. Sure. So I want to ask you, where do you see Battle of the Chefs going? What's its pinnacle? Absolutely. So um, the plan for Battle of the Chefs, and I've got this all in writing. We've, um, we've got our vision board. Nice, it's nice, all done. good, good. I'll actually share it with you a bit later. I want okay. to show, I'll show it to you so that you get to see what, what we're planning. Mm. So this year is Battle of the Chefs Harari, done, mm. season three, check. Good. Um, second half of the year, Battle of the Chefs Nairobi. We're busy working on that right now as we speak. Nice. Trying to get that off the ground. Once that's done, that means 2017 for us was as planned. Beautiful, yeah? beautiful. 2018, January, or the first half, is Battle of the Chefs Accra, which is Ghana, West Africa. Mm. Right? So Nairobi is East Africa. Oh, West Africa is very Ghana. good. Okay. Everyone says, why not Nigeria? I'm not ready for Nigeria, man. <laughs> you know, I know we, we both know Mark well, but, but, but it's yeah, not yeah. enough. <laughs> not enough to know one guy in Nigeria. One guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm saying, no, I want to get to but, Nigeria, but, but, Niger- I'm ready. but Nigeria is ready for you. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is, but I... You know, I'm not ready for Nigeria. So I, I'm lucky I've got a, some friends in Ghana. Okay, so I'm, right. I'm hoping that they'll still be there when I intend to set up in okay, Ghana. Cool. And once we've done that, second half of 2018 is the first Battle of the Chefs Africa. Ah, oh, what? Okay. See, the sub-Saharan Africa, we don't need to do Morocco. We'll do all those later. But right now, we're setting, up, setting it up as a franchise ah, model. Okay. We have a 200-page franchise document ready, Ooh. ready rolling how to do 
how to do the show. Ah. Been written, it's going to be improved even more. Nice. So lighting, you know, I've had input from Tom, right, right, Colt right. on my team. Okay. You know, everyone, we've been making notes. Everything that goes on, we've been making Beautiful. notes, making notes, you know. So I want us to be the master chef of Africa. Ah, you know, to use I see an where you're going with this. But we're not working on the budgets of MasterChef. Of course not. Yeah. MasterChef's budgets are huge. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one way, you know, we're clear on our revenue model. Yeah. Our revenue model is for <coughs> products mm. that want to go into, into countries yes. and want people to understand how their products work and how they can enhance their living with that product. Uh-huh. So that's how we intend to make, make revenue. Gotcha. So, I see. Battle of the Chefs Africa, 2018. 2018. That's where we're going. I love that. I love that. I love the, I mean, the franchise model is, is I mean, you, you get that formula right. I mean, yes. you could be, this could become a global phenomenon, actually, right? I mean, so, yes, it can become a global phenomenon. And for that, I don't think I'm the right person. Mm. So, capacity-wise, yeah. I think I could get it up to... To, to Africa. Be, to a significant portion of Africa. Okay, okay. But I'm searching for the next CEO that will help me ah, take to it do that. to that next level. You right. Know? And I know everyone, not everyone believes me when I say this, but I'm looking for, <coughs> I'm looking to work with somebody. Yes, yes. That can take it to the next level. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I'd love to find that person. Yeah, right? yeah. You know? You, you talk a lot about collaboration, which yes. I think is, is great yeah. and very rare in Zimbabwe. <laughs> for people to honestly talk about it and say, listen, and do it. let's work, th- yeah, and yes. do it. Then we and go back it. to yeah. doing it as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, as an aspiring entrepreneur, I, I understand the need. I, I, I recognize very early that you can't do things alone. You can't. I, I mean, I tried to, and my ego said I could, and then I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, let's work together. With so you want to build it to a certain stage and then find somebody more smarter, more capable, more competent to say, okay, this is what we can do with your company. And Absolutely. then you can sit back and, you know, yeah. Lead from the shadows type thing. <laughs> Lead or I've, I've got other projects. Yeah, I've got other projects as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. I really believe I've put in a lot into Battle of the Chefs. Sure, And sure. I do feel it requires new leadership. Mm. Um, so if anyone's listening out there yeah, and they feel yeah. they can do the job, they right. want my job, you can have my job. <laughs> good, you know? good. I like um, that. And I, you... and it's, 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 I'm, I've been open about it. My, yeah. Everyone on my team knows. I've said to them, I need you to do capacity building because I want... I want you to be on the team when we yeah. grow. Otherwise, you're going to stay at the bottom rungs of the team, you know. Yeah. But new people will come. Yes. Smarter people will come. And, yeah. Yeah. You, you remind me of uh, probably a young uh, Elon Musk who, when, you know, he's got SpaceX, he's got mm. uh, Tesla, he's got, you know, so many different other things. Yeah. And he understands that, okay, I, I, I'm the visionary behind it. I'm the, mm. the DNA, mm. right? Mm. But the, you don't see the DNA in a body. No, you, you understand. Don't. You don't. Right? Absolutely. And other elements are running this thing, yeah. but the Absolutely. DNA is still there. And guess Absolutely. what? Absolutely. Then you have another child, yeah. and then you replicate that thing. Yeah. Which uh, that's that's where I want to get to. So I'm going to be studying you a lot, Joseph. <laughs> you and I need. But, to have but a while talk. you're talking about Elon Musk, you know, thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the comparison. Yeah. And the thing that I think the only thing that I probably have in common with him, and I hope I don't have to do this. Yeah. Is that he left South Africa to go to the to the yeah, US to, to, yeah, right? to be, or to I think he went to Canada. Yeah. To be as successful as yeah, he is. Yeah. Do we all need to leave Africa? Well, you know... I, I hope not, eh? Yeah, yes I and no, not. because you want to be globally relevant, right? So, well, you know, you need... Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So you kind of have to play in the space, yes. in the global space. Yeah. So. I'd like us to be featured on Food Network, you mm. know, which I think That's will come good. automatically if we, on, if we get on to the Africa, Africa-wide thing. I yeah. think Food Network in the US will be... 
will be no, uh, will be oh, an automatic. Yeah. But I think that also opens the whole concept of tourism into Africa, mm. which is critical for us. Mm. We need people. We need the Americans to understand right. that, right. dude, you don't need to hunt for your food no. when you get to Africa. You know, <laughs> it's okay. You can order like there'll be menus <laughs> and they'll be in English. They won't be in African. You know. <laughs> I think you don't have to speak African. You to, don't to, to communicate exactly, exactly. <laughs> and you know the whole thing about Ebola. You know, seriously, no, we we don't have it anymore. You know, it's not on the menu. Oh, it's not there. And I think you know, America is a big market. Oh yes, I think it's a critical market Absolutely. for us. Yes, I think Asia is another big market that we yeah. need to be mm-hmm. tapping into. And I want to play a role in that. Right. You know, I really want to be part of. So my background is hospitality. Mm. It's been tourism. Okay. So all this is the. The grand scheme ah. really is about okay. getting people to appreciate the only place left in the world yes. as beautiful as yes. it was probably 200 years yes. ago. You know, so yeah. we may not have fiber as the way we'd like it to, <laughs> yeah. but some of the things that we yeah. have that other places cannot have don't even. And you is can't that buy authentic. Or make. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. The authenticness yes. of 200 yes. years yes. old. You go to Manapools. Mm. You see what Africa sure. was like in its sure. pure yeah. form. Absolutely. You can't get that. You can't yeah. retrograde that, mm. you know? Yeah. You can't yeah. go back and bring all the bison back. I know yeah. they're trying yeah. that in the States and they've had some success. <laughs> yeah. But they're only going to have yeah. some success. Right. right. We can still preserve what we have. Unfortunately, what yes. we're trying to preserve is don't let women wear miniskirts. <laughs> you know, these idiotic kind go. of thinking. Yeah. Uh, Fuli's recent yeah. thing about, yeah. Yeah. you know, crazy <laughs> statements like, yeah. you know, yeah. Unfortunately, we're still dealing with those instead yeah. of really looking further into the future mm. and saying, you know, you look at what Singapore has done. Right. You know, yeah. mm. they have tourism like nobody's right. business. Yeah. Africa should be that kind of destination, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. You know, mm. and how do you reach out to them? You take examples. India's soft power. Yes. You know, India has been leveraging off Bollywood mm. hugely. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, they've been encouraging Bollywood to send out uh, movies out to the yes, whole world, including yes. Nigeria, yes. Zimbabwe. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, we all watch Bollywood. Oh, eh? yeah. oh, yeah. But we don't realize what that's doing. Mm. It's selling India to mm. us. Mm. So, you know, there's several people in Zim that go to India for, for education. Yeah. Why? Mm. Because they've been watching the movies. They think that Indians go out and dance yeah, on the yeah, streets yeah. like that. They're shocked <laughs> when they arrive in India that nobody's dancing, nobody's dancing all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, there's no flash mob happening in India. <laughs> right. But yeah. they got them there. You know, yeah. and I think that's a, it's it's, a critical... It's, you, you, Communication Absolutely. thing that yeah. Africa needs right now. Yeah. Selling you know? your culture. I mean, listen, I, I, go to, I go to India for my spiritual well-being. I go there oh, for meditation. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I spend 100%. months there, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's absolutely right. They are so good at selling who they are because they know who they are. Exactly. Which is another topic. Well, we, can, we, can, we can get into that another day. Yeah. Um, Joseph, I'd like to ask, what, what would you call your, what I call critical points in your life that mm-hmm. kind of influence the person you are today? Were there, were there certain instances or certain aha moments when you were growing up that kind of triggered and kind of left a permanent mark on your current self? Shisha, I think there's too many to mention. Yeah. But um, <coughs> if I have to pick, you know, I think I've gone through life being open, mm. you know. And, okay, so one critical moment, yeah, this one is an obvious one. My parents made a decision to come here when I was 10 years old, Okay. you know. And all I knew at that time, I was just excited about going to, yeah. to another country. Where were you before? I was, I was born in India, okay. in southern India, a city called Hyderabad. <gasps> ah, 
Hyderabad. That's where my uh, ashram is. So now, yeah. now you know Hyderabad. It's <laughs> yeah, a buzzing, yes, buzzing yes. town. Yeah, right? yeah. So my parents actively involved in the Catholic Church. Oh, what? So they requested by the Catholic Church here, come and teach. Okay, you know? okay. Ten years old, all I'm cared about is, dude, new country, totally excited. Yeah. You know, that was a changing, it was a life-changing moment for, them, mm. for me. Eh? You know, I think coming and seeing the beauty of Africa, it was just absolutely mind-blowing, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, so as much as you like wow. going to, to Hyderabad, yeah. you know, this is a 10-year-old <laughs> yeah. kid coming, coming here and Zim. totally blown away by, wow. by being in Zim, eh? huh. Absolutely blown away. I still am that way till this day. You know, yeah. I love them. I, d- I think, you know, I always say to my dad, you know, dad, the best thing you've ever done for us was really to, you know, to bring us yeah. into to Africa. And so they came to, to stay permanently or was it no. like, a, oh, why do we... They came to teach for teach, four years. And then they decided to... Then they said, no, let's teach for another four years. Wow. And then they were offered permanent residency. My dad's a citizen of, yeah. of Zim. Yeah. You know, and, wow. you know, I've, I've had encounters with, um, I've gone to a bank to draw a check and someone said... Are you related to Mr. Bunga? What? I said, yeah, he was my dad. He's well, not was my dad. He's my dad. He's yeah. alive and well. He's my dad. And they'll say, wow, you know, he what? taught me. I've had messages on Facebook from Australia. Someone saying, you know, I just looked you up because your dad taught me science and I'm so grateful you I'm are doing X, Y, Z. And, you know, and that's the other thing. You know, teachers touch the lives wow. of so many people. You know? Yeah. They have so much impact. So, you know, mm. that was a turning point for me, you know, where coming to Zim, but also realizing the impact my parents have. Yeah, yeah. And I want to have that impact. Mm. You know, I want to be able to say, you know, we made a difference. Yes. We made it possible. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Amazing. And uh, have you been back to India? Several times. <coughs> Love going back to India. Yeah. Love shopping for clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Almost everything I'm wearing today is from India. Nice. Except nice. for this jacket that was made here in Harare. Wow. This is from India. You know, yeah. and the, the quality of the sewing in India. Yeah. yeah oh, I mean, man. The, the fabric the stitching is and crazy. the choices of fabric. Yeah. yeah. Guys' clothes in, in Zim mm. suck. Yeah. <laughs> South Africa is okay. Yeah. But options for guys' clothes in Zim, I don't find that... The fit is right. Yeah. You know, no, no. You buy a pair of trousers. No. They don't even alter the trousers yeah, in the... It's loose. It's... You know? No, no. It sucks. Yeah. So, even for you to feel good. Yes. You know, I talked earlier about Zimbabwean women. I think right. Zim men don't look right. that great either. Right, right, you right. Know? Yeah. So just in case someone thinks I'm only being... <laughs> commenting about women. Sexist. But I wasn't sitting in Santa and looking at the guys. Yeah. <laughs> just to be clear. I, I mean, it's okay if you were. If you were. If someone I mean, else was, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm very clear. I I'm want sure to be looking. Your wife next door will have a problem, but it's you know. But I'm not to say that if I see a guy dressed well, I can't say to him. Yeah, you look. Good. I think you look good. Absolutely. I have no problem Absolutely. with saying that. Absolutely. You know, I think it's 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 being able to see what's good. Yeah. And of course, being clear on this. Sure. You can look. Yes. But don't touch. Yes. Uh-huh. You know. So I'm very established in my sure. Sure. in my marriage. I'm yeah. very clear. Mm. I'm. Yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm admiring on right. a on a level where I can say to someone, I think sure. you look great. Absolutely. You know? I hear you. And often I've had to say to women, you know, please don't misunderstand this, but I'm just I just think you're yeah. looking you're, awesome. you're gorgeous. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Nice. And uh, family is a very obviously a very important element of your life. Oh, it's, um, yeah, it's absolutely critical. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's um I remember Veronica and I were dating for eight years before we got wow. married. She's my school sweetheart. Nice. Started dating. <coughs> started dating when we were in, in lower sixth. 
What? My goodness. Absolutely. And I was very clear with her, you know, for me, the definition of success is a happy family. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple. That's good. That's good. And, you know, we've been through some, some tough times, but, you know, I look at my kids, I have four kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm. What a gift. Yeah. What yeah. a gift. Yeah. Very nice. That's lovely. That's beautiful. But I, I, just to be clear again, mm. I'm not saying no to the money. Eh? <laughs> hey, just in of case, course. you know, and it I helps, always try to clarify yeah. this, the yeah. money helps. It helps. The it money helps. helps. I'm looking forward to yeah. the money. Yeah. And especially for my kids, yeah. you know, I yeah. think they've given up a lot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They've given up a lot. Even, you mm. know, if, um, I talk about this quite often, but they were in private schools and I had to pull them out of private school because mm. we couldn't afford the fees. Right. But we still kept investing into Battle of the Chefs. Yes. You know, uh-huh. so I always say they are solid stakeholders because they've uh, given up a part of that. that. And oh, you know, that's good. if anyone says to me, are you not ashamed? I said, no, I'm not ashamed because I'm building something big yes. for them for the future. Good. And also, they've also learned to do with little. Mm. And you know, my son, four years old, yeah. walks into the kitchen and says, step away from your battle stations. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this kid. But can you imagine what they're learning when they're watching this because this was done in your home oh, right this so was done in the, absolutely I mean what learning. are they learning when they're seeing cameras and equipment and people coming in different types of people all of a sudden interacting with them that must they, they, that's priceless you can't it's learn incredible. that in a school no you can't I mean you know look you know uh, season two Rebecca and Jared shot their first commercial for, for Tanganda tea wow you know on their own they got, and again, this is what they've learned by watching. Yeah. They approach the editor, ask him, please, can uh, you help me do this? You know, and they, they, they get off the ground. Nice. But they've learned from the bottom up as well. Jared okay. season two was on the clapperboard for one, one or two episodes. Mm. You know, it's, they don't take it for granted. You know, they, they really want to learn. Right, so right. I had a consultation at my son's school and the, every single teacher said his presentation skills are absolutely phenomenal. Oh, wow. You know, course, and that comes from, he's been yeah, watching he's been people. Watching. He's learning how to, he's, he's really eloquent. So, nice. and one of his things, you know, he wants, he's put his goal by the time, I think he's, by the time he's 20, yes. he wants to speak on TED. What? You know, he's clear wow. on what he wants to do. Hey? Well, I'm part of the organizing committee. So absolutely. Tell him. Yeah, get in touch. Definitely. Mm. And he's, he's practicing now. Yeah. We've, We've made a decision quite recently um, to start doing a lot more with them on on camera because I want them to practice um, presentation skills and so on. So I'm investing into that because I think it's really important to to have and we have access, so we want to give them access. So yes, we took them away from private school, right? But but there's a there's a huge benefit on the other side. But to be clear, yeah, I would have not minded. And the money to keep them in the <laughs> private schools. <laughs> if anyone's yeah. listening and you want to send me some money, <laughs> yeah. I'm available. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, Joseph, we're going to wrap up here. One more question for you. Sure. Um, if I could have a universal truth that you hold tiered to you in your life that can be applied to anybody, regardless of race, culture, religion, something that any human being could use, what would one of those internal you know, truths that you live by be? For me, when I meet anybody, they're a number 10. You know, they're on, on the mm. highest possible score, mm. which is a 10. Mm. You know, I believe in the best in people when I start. Nice. And I allow them to whittle that down. Oh, that's good. You know, and it's very easy because you don't have to spend a long time to see that people will, that equilibrium, they'll hit yeah. the equilibrium where their true self is revealed. Yes, yes, yes. You know? That's good. And yeah, it's very easy, hey? Mm. But I've also had people on my team who've grown 
they hit a five and then they leave an eight. Ah, and that is incredibly good. satisfying. Yes, there you go. And, you know, you know, for me, the the best compliment I think anyone has ever given me is when they've said to me, "Thank you, you've mm. helped me become a better person." Mm. You know, hey, and just to be clear, <laughs> there's a lot of people who have helped not to become a better person. <laughs> I have a really short temper, <laughs> and I'm sure I've left people in a really worse state yeah, than they can yeah. possibly be. Yeah, and that's part of the part right. of the thing. You know, but I think in general, that's everyone good. is incredible. You know, it's. You just need to find out what you're incredible at. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. Lovely. I think uh, I could use that one. Thank yeah. you. Listen, anytime you want to tell me that I'm great, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm open to those opportunities. <laughs> hey? And I love doing this. You know, if you're going to tell me that, you know, compare me to guys like Elon Musk. Oh, man. Joseph, you're not a 10. You're a 12 to me. <laughs> there you go. Hey, dude, anytime, man. <laughs> Love it, love it. Well, this, is, this has been a, a great way to spend my uh, Tuesday afternoon, I must say. So, uh, is it Tuesday? It is, right? Yes, it's okay. Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah, it is Tuesday. Awesome. And you, you, I definitely am going to leave here on a high. Thank you, Joseph. For, Thank you very uh, your much. your time and efforts. And uh, look forward to working with you. Um, absolutely. Let's sure get this on some, TV when we can. Yeah, absolutely. You know? There are, there are some plans brewing in the mist. Yeah. Awesome. And make those plans a reality. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, one yeah. step at a time. Sure. One sure, step at a time. Sure. You know, it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Thank you very much, sir. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed the content that you just heard. And it is the end of the podcast. But not necessarily the end of the journey. This podcast is part of the Greater Your Authentic Self or YAS series. This series includes YAS blogs, YAS vlogs, and of course the YAS podcast that you just heard. There's also YAS ebooks and YAS interactive seminars, personal development consulting. Please feel free to email me at motivate at for more information. You can also submit to my mailing list where I have exclusive content for my subscribers via my blog on Medium. Also, you can visit me on mutsasamuel.com. Find me on Facebook as well as follow me on Twitter. Have a great day. And remember, be authentic.